Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6, Episodes 12 and 13, aired as a double, they're called The Sign and New Life respectively, so full spoilers for the episode, and indeed of course the season at this point as a whole, because this was the finale. Um, also, these S.H.I.E.L.D. reviews are sponsored uh, by one of our patrons, Tim Neal sponsors this, so thank you to him. So, a lot to unpack in this, this two-parter, uh, yeah. a lot going on. I will say, uh, as much as, you know, last week we were like, oh, I felt like we were going into a double finale, and then, mm -hmm. you know, they aired them together. It actually quite felt relatively distinctly two episodes. I think that's been true for a lot of their doubles, though, that they've aired as one episode. It uh, might well be, yeah. Um, so, I, you know, Joe's funny, as I, as I was watching this, and the the plot, and I know you think I'm just getting my Buffy reference out the way early, but here's the thing. So the first episode especially, but also part of the second episode, is about them getting to Azel, who's in this temple, and she's performing a ritual to open a portal uh, so people from her dimension can come flooding in. It's a portal, not a hellmouth. It's not a hellmouth. I wasn't saying it was a hellmouth. I wasn't comparing it to the hellmouth. I was comparing it to the portal that Akatha opens at the end of season two of the hit television show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Because the setup of the villain trying to do a ritual... Uh, mm -hmm. Well, in, in this case, she was like singing and stuff, and you know she got the rocks, and hell, even the big rock. Like a Catholic came out of a big rock. Remember, remember Spike in season two of Buffy? Oh, it's a big rock. I can't wait to tell my friends. They don't have a rock this big. This the whole setup. It was the most weediness season finale I think this show's ever had. It just it was hitting a lot of beats of you know like so many Buffy plots would be like the villains try to like accomplish a, a ritual, you know, some sort of demonic thing, and the Scoobies have to get there. Uh, one of them might be captured. That's what this was. You and Matt were captured, and the rest of the gang are trying to come and get them. Um, a lot of parallels is what I'm saying. A lot of parallels. Uh -huh. A lot of parallels. So, yeah, so the Maki Yo-Yo there, Flint's there, um, who's not real Flint, but is at the same time. It's kind of it's, it's what he we said. Real enough. He, he, real he, enough that he'll stick around. Well, yeah, I mean, he was. I mean, the, 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 the monolith that creates things does genuinely create them. So he is real in the sense that he is a duplicate of Flint and has Flint's memories. But he's also not the, the exact Flint that, that they didn't know and existed. Yeah, he's, he's not Flint Prime. Yeah, he's not Flint Prime. Um, so, you know, that's. Uh, worth mentioning yeah. but he Azel just goes inside him and as soon as she, as soon as she realizes what he can do uh with his powers uh goes inside him and reforms all the monoliths um and it's like oh dear here we go uh apocalypse uh, nowish uh basically so um we have uh the first half and i always feel frustrated talking about two, two episodes together like this because i always feel like the first half gets shafted because we're so caught up in the big moments at the end. Luckily, the first episode, the first half of this, has a big thing at the end as well, which really defines where the first one ends. It, it really does, yeah. Um... Because so much of the first one um, is sort of the, the, the sneaking in, because you got, you got Sky with, with Sarge and May together, and they're sneaking into the, the island where the, the, the temple is, and yeah. they're sneaking around. There's some of the, the Shrike zombies are going around, um, and... It's just it's kind of some general debating with with yeah. Maine and Sky about how much of him is actually Coulson as he coming out. There's a moment where they, they they fight some zombies and he cracks a Coulson joke. He has a little Coulson joke where he's like, "Oh, was that overkill? Oh, was, that, was that overkill? Yeah. Too, too much? Felt like overkill." Yeah, so it was a Coulson lane, and they just sort of look at each other like, "Whoa, that was a that's a Coulson moment." Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, to, to their credit, like, I, I think we expected them to somehow stick around at the end of this, being part Coulson, and they don't go that route at all. Like, at the end of the episode, the Sarge is, is done. He's, he's gone. Sarge is done, yes. Yes. We have a reason to have Clark Gregg sticking around next season, but more more than that when we get to the end of the, <laughs> the two parts. So that's a lot of it. Uh, obviously, eventually Sky's like, I'll hold them off. I'll, I'll, I'll redirect them while you guys get to the temple um, and so on. Um, one of the more exciting parts, though, of the episode for me was Deke with Fitz and Simmons. And Fitz genuinely being quite impressed that, that, that Deke made lots of these wristbands that, that stop Azel's powers working. Really yeah. neat. He's like, oh, you're a wizard. You're, you're a wizard, Harry. Like, you know, it was, it was, it was kind of that moment. It um, was, yeah. And, you know, Deke's like, okay, I might have a way to get past... Because they stopped communicating because they realised that Azel might be able to listen in on what they're doing. Because uh, Sarge theorises that they always thought that she could do that because they always seem to be intercepted mm. or whatever. And he's like, okay, I may have a way to get past, but you have to promise not to be mad. And he's like, hey, if you've got a way to get past Azel, why would I be mad? It turns out Deke had... Uh, smuggled in an entire group of his employees and set up shop he basically recreated his office space in one of the rooms on like floor yeah. 21 or whatever it was Do you know what i will say is, is it's quite funny given you know something later but when he was like don't, don't be mad and, and we open it and he and it was like how did you build all of these so fast mm-hmm. i thought he had a bunch of lmds i thought he'd recreated lmds and that's why they were going to be mad because it's like hang on we don't we yeah. don't trust those right yeah. now well, that's not what he did, but yeah, I mean, obviously LMDs no. came up later, but but that that was what that was what I was thinking in the moment, and I was uh, so it was weird when it came back up later. It was just, it was just funny to go to have Deke go into like uh, you know flying through this mode, yeah. yeah. Where he, where he's just the music was playing, and he was like sort of giving the happy orders around to his cronies and then whatnot, um, and he's like whatever Nana and Bobo want. You clear it to me first. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was, you know, this is Fitz and Simmons. They identify as my grandparents. <laughs> uh, and no one questions it. But anyway, the thing he's developed specifically is the jump drive. Um, and he's been trying to make, make it work. And he's like, oh yeah, we can jump behind the Zell and help Yo-Yo and Mac that way. So Fitz, realizing that Deke has been cannibalizing every single bit of tech S.H.I.E.L.D. has, a lot of which he came up with in the first place, as he points out, because at one point Deke says he's jealous, he's like, jealous? Half of these are my ideas. <laughs> yeah, which I think is even funnier given that he was so jealous of himself oh, yes. you know, just a few episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, that was good, that was good. Uh, so, yeah, they, they kind of bicker a lot, so they just get pissed at him, but ultimately... Deke just grabs the jump drive when they're not even really ready to test it because as he points out multiple times, not all the mice they tested it with survived. Um, and it was like a backpack and he just puts it on and they try and stop him. He's like, no, no, what do I have to do to earn some respect? Because he gets really upset at one point because he says he, he did all this because no one likes him because he always feels out of place. And, whatever and, and time even the girl who, who he gave lemons to. Yeah. Yes, which of course is Sky. Which, by the way, there was a portrait behind him in the wall of lemons. Of lemons, I thought yes. that was glorious. Yeah. Yes, but worth pointing out. Uh, I also I, liked... honestly, I didn't notice it until after he, uh, you know, uh, vanished. That. Oh, after no, I noticed it before he vanished, but I didn't notice it until after he brought up the lemons, and it then was... my my eye was drawn to it. After See, I that. didn't catch it then straight away, but it was as he vanished. It was st- it, that was what was left in frame behind him. Mm. So. Um, now, one of my favorite lines here as well is that he says, oh, my girlfriend turned out to be a psychopath. And Simmons goes, yeah, Snowflake wasn't right for you. Though. I was talking about Sequoia. <laughs> and they're like, uh, yeah, okay. I suppose she was real. 
<laughs> Which, by the way, Snowflake we've just not seen since they, they insisted she be put in a cell. They, they, they locked her up, right? They yeah. They locked her she's up. Still, she's still there. Theoretically, she's still there, just sort of hanging around, yeah. So we, we could see her next season if they remember she exists. Yeah, given where this ends, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's just sort of thing. They may not have bothered killing her because she was in a cell. Or maybe she actually fights her way out because she's that crazy. She, she's able to get out. Or, or she was an easy kill because she was in a cell. Possibly, but that's the board option. No, I'm, I'm just saying it is an option. But it's the, I'm trying to think of reasons why she might be around next season. Not 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 the obvious boring thing where she's just dead already and we're never going to see her again. Well, no, that is the boring option because she's great. But some some of us want to see Snow Bunny again, okay? So do I. <laughs> but anyway, so Deke teleports, gets into the, the temple and uh, slaps these, uh, his bracelet on on Yo-Yo and Mac. He gives his... and I actually thought this was going to be more of a plot point because he gives his to Flint. Once he sees Flint and he's like freaking out because it's Flint, he gives Flint his bracelet because he obviously he, he only thought it was coming for Yo-Yo and Mac. So he didn't bring yeah. enough for another person. And he's like, ah, I, I probably wear will tech anyway. I don't care. And I thought that was going to be a big plot point later that he wasn't protected from it, but it never actually <laughs> never actually came up. It, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, he, he wasn't worth possessing, apparently. I, I guess. At least not again. Uh, yeah. Is, is the answer. But he, uh, yeah, so he's got this big pack. It was just sort of clunky Ghostbuster, the way he's going around with this big backpack on. Yeah, um, pretty much. But they're getting out, and he, he's like, you know what, I'm going to uh, help and redirect the zombies. I'll I'll distract them. I've got, I've got a, a back door, you know, strapped to my back i can i can it obviously doesn't work it t- fits eventually tells him it's like hey it takes like at least 30 minutes to recharge he's like and he's what? like why didn't you tell me so you like, just teleported away no my favorite part of that though is that when you hear him say teleported it cuts back to deke and you hear it coming through the radio just him shouting, like because you teleported <laughs> yeah it's great uh i love getting to shout fits lines because i don't have to put on a voice for it i can just <laughs> Like you put on a voice for all the others. I, I do it for some characters. Here or there. <laughs> Every so often. Uh, so so Deke's running around uh, the, the temple, running into zombies. He does at one point manage to see some of the ceremony happening with Azel and plants a camera so that uh, the others back at the lighthouse uh, have watch, visuals. Yeah, yeah so that, that's a little plot beat there. Um, uh, Sky ends up on the... Zephyr, where Mac and Yo-Yo and Flint have yeah. ended up, so they're all together. She goes to make a distraction so that May and Coulson, or May and Sarge, can get in. Yeah, uh, Paper leaves with Flint, so they actually leave the the the, the episode and the, the show essentially for the season because we don't see them again uh, yeah. after they leave on the one of the Quinjets. Uh, but Deke ends up at the other Quinjet that was the one that Mac and Yo-Yo originally had with the Zells, where they landed mm-hmm. separately. So he's on a little Quinjet on his own. Uh, he wants rescued, but Mac and Yo-Yo and that have to talk him through flying it and fixing yeah. it up so that he can bring it to them, and then they can hopefully yeah. get him a dodge. It doesn't work straight away because he has a bit of a zombie problem. He does. Actually, that's what makes me. When he's running around in the temple, there's a fantastic joke here where he says, I got this, I just got an idea to do a video game with zombies in it. I'm sure that's never been done before. And I love that Fitz and Simmons are just giving each other this look like... <sighs> But the, obviously, as a fan of Resident Evil, he basically describes Resident Evil. He's like, oh, there'll be zombie dogs and there'll be someone with a chainsaw. Yeah. He's hitting all my points. Do you know, I have come to the point where, because later on as well, when they're talking about the zombies, you know, someone says they're, they're surrounded by Romero's 
Um, and then later on, Sky says, oh, they're the, they're the fast kind, so they're actually more problematic. And between this and the chopping mall jokes from season four and the ring and uh, the other stuff from earlier this season, some people on this writing staff are horror fans. Like, there's every so often, there's oh, just yeah. these little horror references just peppered in. Mac, Mac's been like that for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just, as a horror fan myself, I enjoy it. I, I like all the little, all the little quips that are related to it. It's fun. Uh, so. Yeah, so it's the dicks in the in the plane, and uh, he eventually comes to them uh, as they're trying to hold off, uh, you know, zombies and whatnot. Zombie um, yeah, and and Sky has the single most stupid line of the season. I'm, I'm going to call it now. I have no idea what line you're talking about. What? <laughs> so they cut the hydraulic cut of the of the door, so it's easier for them to, you know, there's less weight for them to move, so they can get in easier. As but before they're going off to, you know, they're just going to go off and block the door, mm-hmm. and Sky says. They're dumb, not stupid. They're synonyms. I get what she's saying. I understand that line. What? No. You're just, you're just, this is you for once, just trying to argue. No, 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 no. I get what she's saying. I get what she's saying. There's, there's context here. I, I think you're overlooking the context because you just want to complain about it. What she's saying is that they're like animals, but they're not stupid animals. It's, it's like an, um, uh, and aliens, right? Where you know they cut the power, and but Paxton's like, cut the power. How could they cut the power? So she's saying they're they're dumb, and as in they're not intelligent beings, but they're smart enough that they're not. They're, they're tactic. They're being tacticians. They're doing certain there's, there's things. There's a better way of phrasing this. There's, I mean, I'm not saying there isn't a better way of phrasing it, but I understand what she's saying. I understand the sentence. Sure. I just I thought it was a terrible line of dialogue because. No, you know, it, it, the synonyms. No one even gave her a second glance. Also, it, I think you're being, like... I think you're being harsher because I think the point is that the essentially the same word. It's supposed to be, I don't know, quirky. I guess. I don't think, I don't think it was. I think she, she was being deadly serious in that moment. You can get give quirky dialogue when you're being deadly serious. Sure, but it, I don't think it was meant to be a quirky dialogue thing. I think but... it was just a weird, uh, mis miswrite. Fair, maybe it is, but like, I don't know. Like it, it made it made enough sense to me that I wasn't sitting. This is one of your things where you just get ticked off. And you're just like, eh, me, 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 me. oh, I, I, I literally paused it and rewound. I was like, did I hear that right? Because that that was a <laughs> stupid line. Double check. I was like, yep, okay, gonna remember to bring that up. I understood it and never thought about it again. I, I mean, it was just a bad line, and I, and and what are we here for if not to critique? Oh. <laughs> Critique proper things, not stupid things. It's a proper thing. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I did like the follow-up where, like, you know, Yo-Yo's like, oh, give me a hand with this. And Dave's like, what are you doing? That, that, that's heavy. We can't move that. And she just rips it out. Yeah. Well, she's got her arms. Yeah. yeah. Needs to help. Uh, so, no. I will say that the one thing that's fuzzier between what, what parts watch episode is the stuff that's away from the temple. Um... Because I'm, th- I'm, th- I think the part where Yo-Yo goes into bullet time to shoot the, because, because this is one thing we should mention is that their guns have got uh, bullets made out of the, 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 the blades. Yeah, yeah, they melt them all down and made, and made bullets. So they, uh, they've got guns that work on the straight now. Um, Sarge has a bit of a gun-related comment. Uh, yeah, he's like, this is actually a really good idea, but I've never been on a planet that's obsessed with guns or something like that. Um, yeah. But no, it's the same moment where she uses her super speed to just like fire three rounds off really quickly to to stop the shrike that are breaking in coming through the doors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a neat little moment, and it makes some sense that she's doing that. And I love how she's because she's never really done this before. And Sky's like, I didn't know you could do that. 
and she's like, hey, I don't have to run fast to slow down. Yeah, I don't have to move to make things go slow. Yeah. Um, so that was neat. We should just see more of that next season, actually. I think that's a really fun little mechanic they can play yeah, with. Yeah, it was like ultra matrixy uh, yeah kind of fun stuff so uh of course here's a moment where you think yo yo i mean i'm not saying i thought this because i'm like nah we're going to find a way out of it even though so far it's been impossible but you know the, the tempting our expectations here with yo yo getting infected with a shrike you know get in her mouth yeah um i, I will say i do have a little bit of a problem with this um just you know because after it happens they're like oh we'll find a way and they're like Maybe if we just kill Izel, they'll all just, you know, drop dead. You know, they'll just, you know, fall without the the, the command. And it felt like it, it it shouldn't be just that easy after they just kind of throw that out like that. Uh, funnily enough, I never actually caught that line. I must have been <laughs> distracted yeah. for a second. Um, because for me, it just when it happened at the end, it just happened. That I was like, oh yeah, okay, that makes enough sense. It, it, I think if they hadn't mentioned that line, it would have been fine. But it was because they said that right after she was infected that it felt like really clunky foreshadowing because of it. Sure. Okay. I'll give you that. Um, now, I, I like, because what, what I think I like about the S.H.I.E.L.D. finales is that they really tempted, tempted us this episode with teasing several main characters could die. So it, you kind of get this feeling that, okay, obviously they're not all going to die, but you're making me, you're, you're teasing me with so many that I'm convinced one of them's going to. <laughs> like, yeah. one of them's yeah. going to die. And, and this show is not afraid to kill people. <laughs> no. And funny enough, none of them actually do die, um, even though some get mighty close. Uh, technically... Technically one does, kind of. Kind of, but we have enough tech to bring them back, so it's fine. Yeah, um, but they are dead. Technically. Well, I'll say, like, if they'd been left in this dimension, yeah, they would be, but because of some murkiness with them going to this other dimension where death doesn't matter as much, which kind of healed her in a weird way, I, I think there's enough murkiness to make me just go with it. It's, like, fine. Sure. Um, so, and also I don't want me to be dead, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we're in Dire Straits here. I, I do kind of like how... Uh, Mac and Sky really start shouting at each other over whether well, or not it was a good idea to bring Sarge because Mac's not seen what they've seen last episode with Sarge and no. is very skeptical that he's trustworthy. He's like, this is a terrible idea. And I actually really like that it really plays with your or, or kind of read on things because it, obviously the episode ends when Sarge gets to the temple and May's trying to like convince him to like sort of believe in the Coulson side of himself and uh, you know, I always kind of, kind of a nice emotional speech talking about taking her out of the cubicle because that's where she was kind of like hiding, essentially, back when the show started yeah. or just before the show started. And she's like, "Oh, think of these characters," and she just she lists most of the main cast. I, I I was expecting her to list a few others that had died in previous seasons yeah, or had left, and she never did, which I thought was a bit weird. Uh, but like a nice moment to give some you know thoughts back to other characters. But um, well, what I like about this is so Sarge stabs her right and. You can kind of see the turn coming. It feels like it's building up to it. It does, and I I really like the way it builds because um you know he talks about you know this pain in his heart, and she's like no, oh, that's love, right? And it actually plays it in a slightly different angle to what I expected, mm. um, because I thought he was going to go, oh, that's actually what I feel for I, you know, this feeling has always been related to Izel, sure. so that must be what I feel for Izel, uh, and it was kind of have that revelation almost. No, it was more about him rejecting his humanity because he wanted to, yeah. he didn't want to feel this anymore. But it plays with our expectations, though, because even Izel, because I actually thought this before Izel did, I thought, no, he didn't actually plan to kill her. He he wanted to put her in the portal, knowing that it should be fine over there and that she could stop things from over there. Like, like my, I had that thought before Izel did in the second episode. Um, yeah. But then, of course, we see as the episode goes on that, no, he is actually just gone. Like, he is... 
Yeah, yeah, no, that was a genuine moment of sudden but inevitable even... betrayal. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to find a better way to phrase it. Uh, <laughs> well, not better, just not using that. Sudden but inevitable betrayal. In fact, the only thing missing from this scene is as she goes out of the portal with the blade through her, her stomach, going, "Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal." <laughs> that that it's so annoying that is that moment because i wanted to not use that line so badly then and i just couldn't find another way to say it i love it so uh yeah so that's how the, the first uh, outside of the little post scene uh where we see a chronicon who who enoch thinks is an ally turns out to be a hunter all, all the all the other chronicons who are not hunters are becoming hunters anthropologist yes uh so that's cool. Um, a little tease for for where that stuff's going at the end, but um, yeah. So really, really neat. Um, and that takes out of the second uh, part of the, the two part. And yeah, where do you begin with this stuff? Uh, I think we'll leave Fist and Simmons for last, just because where their plot ends up is kind of okay. More to do with lead into next season. So I think we'll we'll stick with the others. Uh, so so Deke does get to the others on the on the Zephyr. Um, and you know, then he flies it into you know towards the temple, so they can go in and try and deal with things. Uh, I love Matt complaining that they should have made shotgun bullets as well with the. Uh... Yeah, he wanted he wanted some shotgun shells yeah. so he could bring out shotgun axe. He wanted his shotgun axe, um, and you know they're they're going in and they're, they're you know the sky's ready to quake the shit out of things and uh one of, one of the great moments because I think my only complaint about the two part honestly is that in the second half. There's maybe just one too many scenes of Sarge and Azel kind of just talking to each other maybe. and not I, saying a whole lot. I actually have some relatively major criticisms of the second episode, um, but we'll get to them at the end. I think. Okay. We'll just discuss it as a whole because I've got some 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 problems. Well, um, one of my favorite things in the episode actually is when Sky quakes Sarge and we see his true form underneath yeah yeah all the skin kind of flies off um i love how his his demonic form or whatever you want to call it looks um i look good yeah really nice design uh very fleshy very um makes me think of kind of a cenobite from hellraiser with a little bit of it's like a cenobite cross with like a like a dc martian like a white martian yeah i can see that a little bit of white martian yeah i can see that um so I thought that was really cool, and she gets knocked down for a little bit, but she gets up again. You ain't never going to keep her down. And Mac ends up fighting him for a good bit, and at this point he's really fueled because Yo-Yo is like getting, you know, is hurting from from the Shrike inside of her, um, and all the rest of it. So this is this is all going on. Yeah, um, that's that's parallel. It's cutting between that fight and May's fight quite a lot. Yeah, May's got a really big badass fight because uh, so there's the three hooded figures uh, in this like the the corresponding temple in this other dimension. Where and they correspond to the uh the the, the monoliths right so each one represents yeah, yeah, a monolith. three stones and and that opens a separate kind of you know a separate doorway for their kind to yeah come so it's just this army that was very phantasm actually it reminded me a lot of uh in phantasm when you see through the gate uh when you when, she, when May looks out the little porthole and you can see sure all the people in the uh, rags coming towards them um. But yeah, May has this fight with Azel because Azel at one point gets shoved through. Uh, Sarge shoves her through the portal, and Azel ends up there. Um, and actually, does he shove her? Does she go through willingly? No, she goes through because uh, yeah. May throws the, the stones back through, 
uh, and she picks them up and is like, oh, I'm going to have to quite do right, this myself. Quite right. All right. So people do get shoved later, but yeah, not yet. Um, so as El comes in, Mae's already killed the three hooded figures. Um, she which... just pops out on the, above the stairway, you know, just with, with the sword. Yeah, and notably she says they turn to dust. Just going to put that out there. Uh-huh. What other Whedon show has villains turned to dust upon death? I don't think it exists. The hit television show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Two episodes, two references. So... <laughs> Stretching. So, no, Megas has badass entrance in this fight where she's up in the top of the steps and she sort of goes into, like, a fighter pose and the camera just sort of swoops in and then she jumps yeah. off and there's a bit of a flippy, flippy-do uh, and lands in front of her with a sword. And it's like, oh, okay, we're getting proper, like... This, this is making up for last season when her leg was injured for, like, most of the season so she couldn't do much yeah. fighting. This is what we know we know she can do. Obviously, we've seen it all before. Yeah. Not necessarily to this scale, but we've seen it before on this show. We've seen her, you know, she's pretty capable, uh, you know, at this sort of stuff outside of this show as well. Uh, so, but this looked great. Yeah. Um, actually, one thing we didn't mention, this is a small moment in the first episode that I really liked, was when uh, Azel first comes back in after they've got the bracelets and she tries to go into Yo-Yo and it doesn't work and she just kind of bumps into Bounces her. Bounces off her. And Yo-Yo yeah. just gets a smirk in her face. I like that yeah. moment. That was a good moment. That was good. Uh, so, yeah. So, so what's interesting to me about the whole Sarge thing is that there was no redeeming him because, you know, and... Like the, the tease again that May might be dead because she's in our world now. Like because she's back on the real world, uh, her her injuries will become her again. She'll come her again, and she'll she'll die. And she's like lying there with with Sky. And earlier on, she talked to Sky about um like hopefully they can send the, the demonic part of whatever Sarge is back through the portal, but the the Coulson part will stay in some capacity. Yeah, so yeah. even though so even it's not even though it's not really Coulson, it'll be like a version of him that we'll still get to keep around. Yeah, because obviously after after May comes back, she throws the sword to Mac, and you know he takes out. Sarge. Yeah. Um uh right in half as well. You know, he's sort of you know yeah, yeah. music's yeah, blaring, good. you know, Bear McCreary's doing his thing. Yeah, and... Something on the music that I really loved, uh when Izel's singing her song, mm. uh, I really just how much that motif has been woven into the score this season. It's actually been there a lot. Um uh, so I, I really appreciate that. And me, you know, sort of on her deathbed is like, you know, was there anything left behind and Sky has to be like, no, sorry. You know, like, really heartbreaking stuff. Um, and, you know, I thought this, these episodes were really effective and really pulling at my strings. Yeah. In I would say, of... say what would have been, you know, last words were quite predictable, but worked really well. Because, you know, she's like, oh, you know, I would have liked to see him again. And then it was like, okay, I guess I'm going to go and see him, you know, soon. Yeah. But I think what works about these two episodes for me quite well is... Even though, like, they tease so many characters, you know, Deke at one point's in peril, May's obviously in a great amount of peril, because also she actually literally dies at one point. Uh, Fist and Simmons are in peril. Like, so many characters are in peril, and Yo-Yo, of course, it looks like she's gone her because of the Shrike. Um, like, I, you know, I care so much about these characters that I'm, in, I'm so invested in, like, hoping that they all make it through. And I was, I had this feeling of dread because I was convinced that one of them was going to go. <laughs> like, No, I think it was because this show has, a, has built up a reputation that's willing to kill people, so you believe the threat more. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in a finale. I think not, oh, yeah, yeah. not that every single time has been in a finale, but I think in a finale especially you so believe in a finale going into the final season. Yeah. It it felt like fair game. Yeah, I felt like yeah, I mean maybe May goes out and like both the, the, the parents of the team are gone for the final season. Yeah. Like I I don't think there was anyone that was necessarily safe. I mean, yeah, there, there was some that weren't in as much danger as others, so they were less likely, don't get me wrong. But I don't think there was anyone where there's no way they can do the final season without this person. I think Sky maybe is the only one that. I don't, I don't even know about that. 
I thought they could. I think they could. I mean, they could, but I don't think they ever would have. Whereas I, I could see them doing the final season without Mac. I could see them doing it without Yo-Yo. I could see them doing it without uh, Deke, for sure. Um, mm. Fitzsimmons is a bit of a stretch because Fitzsimmons... I, I feel like Fitzsimmons and Sky are the three core characters that seem to kind of just be the centre of the show. No, but that's why I could have felt like, okay, no, we're really going to shake things up. And, you know, in the sense that they kind of had the show's finale at the end of season five for many respects. Uh, so they would have felt like, okay, we can do something a bit crazier to go into the, the what this is now, uh, mm. if they'd wanted to. But yeah, so so this is when other characters show up from the other plot, and this is where we should probably jump back and yeah. talk about the Fitzsimmons plot because you know, first first part they're they're most they're in the lighthouse, they're helping Deke. Um, they're mostly the people at the computer talking to the team over the comms. They're not directly in danger themselves as of yet. But it's early on episode two here, or episode thirteen, whatever you want to call it, um, where the portal rings that the Chromicons use appear. Yep. and the Chromicom army shows up and starts just they're not taking prisoners they're just offing people immediately and you know Fitz yeah. and Simmons have to like try and rescue whoever they can um, we see that a bunch of S.H.I.E.L.D. team members get killed including the, the guy who's undercover with Deke uh, yep. back back in his episode and they realise quite quickly that, you know Fitz is smart enough to put, put two and two together the, the reason why they knew about this sort of like this this, this part of the building is supposed to be like this is the protocol if something yeah, goes down yeah but it was it was just a verbal protocol yeah. it wasn't written down anywhere so they shouldn't have been able to you know hack into anything and read it exactly so he figures out that they've got their memories and brains uh, they, they realise that Deke's lab will be safe because that's new and that never existed before uh, but all of their protocols and everything they do they, they know about um so they basically go on a bit of a suicide mission to sort of take out a lot of their tech so that the chromicons can't use it and yeah. hopefully take out a few of the chromicons as well and they have no detonator really outside of a live grenade that they can just <laughs> toss yeah, so they've got like you know they talk about oh we, we got no timer or no true detonator they've got a, you know essentially a five second fuse but the, they can't get out anyway because there's only one entrance when that's where the Chromicons are. Yeah, and they're about to go together because I love how there's no discussion of like, okay, you go and I'll do it or you go and I'll... You know, there's no fighting about who gets... They just both understand, no, if we're doing this, we're doing it together. There's no way one of us is living without the other. So yeah. we're just doing this. And of course, uh, the dude who went to attack uh, Enoch last episode is one of the soldiers that are there and he actually blasts the other two Chromicons in the room and then he speaks with Enoch's void. Enoch's is, is borrowed his body uh, no, I'm taking his skin. I believe I, was the I, phrase. That was the phrase. But I'm glad to see that by the end of the episode that he will be back in his own body for you know going forward. Because I didn't want to use the actor doing it. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm the same. I thought it was. Uh, I had expected this. You know, from the end of the last episode, I was like, well, that's not the end of Enoch, obviously. Oh, uh, yeah. And then, you know, and this guy shows up relatively early in this plot. Uh, yeah. Well, well, has a moment on the bridge with uh with the, the leader of them. Yeah, what like, I oh, think is okay. interesting about this is that we were saying just last ep- well, last week uh, about how all this Chromicon stuff is probably a next season thing for the most part. And it is, obviously, uh, by the end of this episode that's confirmed to be the case. But there was a, some of me early on because it was like, oh, there's a whole subplot here with them coming after Fitz and Simmons like, and that's their sort of danger for the episode. Like, I, I was a little bit worried that they might do a sort of quick wrap-up of it. Like, it would just be dealt with in that subplot. Yeah. Uh, um, honestly, this is kind of, we're getting to, well, kind of my major problem with the episode is it's a lot of this plot. It felt... I don't know, it had a little bit more justification at the very end once it was like, okay, we kind of needed to get them into that position. Mm-hmm. Um, it still felt, for me, 
like it came out of relatively nowhere, you know, from this side of things like, oh, okay, we're just going to pop in in the last episode and do this. It felt a lot like they didn't have anything for you know the the people on the lighthouse to actually do in the last episode. And they were like, well, we'll give them this plot because it will lead to here anyway. I don't know if I agree with that last point. I, I think, um, I think you can argue that it's a bit, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a bit detached the way that it's been written. But I think it's, I think you're looking at it the wrong way around. I think that the, the plot exists because they want to set this up for next season, and that's why Fitz and Simmons stayed back at the lighthouse rather than they had Fitz and Simmons stay back and went, oh, we need something for them to do too. Like no, no. I'm just, when I was watching it, that's how I felt. Though it felt a lot like throughout the entire plot, I'm like, this, this, this like again, it made a bit more justification at the end, but that didn't really help while I was watching. I mean, I'll, I'll give it, I'll give you that it's probably the weakest sort of subplot of the episode for the most of the episode. I do like all the stuff at the end, though. Like the actual, no, I do as well. The actual setup at the end when we realize that where we're going for next season, I actually like all it because. Essentially, because after this thing where we realize Enoch just saved him, and he's like, "Hey, I've got a plan to try and help all this, but it's going to be kind of extreme." And you know, they crack a little joke about, "Oh, we've done so much before. This is this is nothing." And he's like, "Oh, you know, you'll be changing the course of your lives forever." And they're just like, "Oh, that again." Yeah, yeah, I've been there, done, done that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, okay, sure. So you know, we're in the temple, and everything else has just happened, and May's lying there dying, and then Simmons comes in, and we get this completely new piece of music that starts playing. Yeah, and, and all these people in suits come in behind her. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, I, I kind of knew immediately what was going on. Um, well, d- well, define exactly what you thought you knew immediately. Oh, oh, this felt immediately like, okay, no, this is this is a Simmons, not the one we've just seen. This is a Simmons who's experienced some extra time that we sure, have not seen. Sure, okay, sure. Because um, I actually think they had her act t- intentionally kind of chromic on a little bit when she, she, she walked in. Uh, she kind of loses that over the course of the scenes. Like she's not like constantly acting robotic, but mm. the way she first walks in and speaks to them felt very Chromicon to me. And um, I was wondering if they were like, "Oh, did, is she hiding in a Chromicon body or something?" Like this isn't really her. She's an LMD, and she's just like, I don't know. Right. But, yeah. um, Fair enough. But like, uh, so they come in and like Simmons jumps. Or Simmons comes in, like, like May will be fine. We can actually save her. We just have to lower her temperature. We need to put her in a stasis pod, and we've got the tech to fix her. Um, and she says a couple of times, uh, oh, we, ha- we had time to prepare, kind of thing. Yeah. And he's like, okay, okay, so what, some, some time travel shenanigans. Um, and they get back on, on the Zephyr, and it's like, okay, we've got a jump drive installed, we've upgraded the ship. Um, yeah. And they, they jump, and she takes them, uh, what we find out is that it's also a time travel uh, device now. And, you know, I, I, it's what's funny is that my initial thought, because it's all, it's, we're over New York, right? And they're looking out the window and it's all fogged over. And it's like, oh, we can't see it. And then Sky says, oh, I can see the Empire State Building, right? And, and then they say, but why Why is there nothing else above the clouds? And my initial thought was, oh, it's a post-apocalypse again. <laughs> like all the other buildings have all been decimated. <laughs> sure, I can see that logic. Yeah. I mean, the immediate thought is, why is that the only one still standing? But yeah. sure. Um, and then, of course, the camera, uh, you know, the fog clears up a little bit and you see that, no, it's because it's being built. We're in the, it's you know, not finished yet. Yeah. We're, I, I, I don't know what decade that was. I, I'm going to say... Uh, no. 20s, 30s? 20s, 30s, yeah. Yeah. I, I distinctly remember a Doctor Who episode set around this period. It was a very good... Well, it was an enjoyable episode. <laughs> um, 
so so we see yeah it's, it's still under construction because once we get a clear view of it there's still there's like scaffolding up the side of the spire yeah. you know um daleks in manhattan that's what it was called there you go sorry carry on uh so yeah and this guy has a joke about oh i need a drink but i mean it's illegal now <laughs> like i can't just start <laughs> drinking um and then we get the big so and at one point uh simmons also mentions that she doesn't know where fitz is and she can't know where fitz is and but we hear that they're still in contact you know fitz is the one who's kind of in, uh, controlling where they're going here, yeah. yeah and we hear him over the comms and i was wondering if like, the whole fitz and simmons not knowing where each other are is that something to do with them still having access to their like memories or minds you know could be yeah um or, or something of an offshoot of that where because you know i don't know like in some capacity them knowing where each other are puts them both in danger so they have to Could be. i wonder it if it's a more of a danger of if if they are captured again because uh, they're presumably the two partners who can send each other to wherever slash whenever sure uh, I, uh, so if they're captured again and they read the thoughts it's like well we know we know where they are now yeah okay that actually makes more sense but yeah so they're both hiding in different time periods and and whatever and um, yeah yeah so no i was just to see if you know has, has it been a year since they started this plan with with enoch has it been five years like you know where are we going with this i did laugh at one yeah, point though no. can't be an extreme amount of time because they didn't age her at all yeah yeah she doesn't look particularly older i mean you know a few years maybe but yeah i actually laughed at one point because they had a line here where um the chromicons are coming to kill every member of shield and they're doing that because they're the only people who they, who they believe can stop them. Now, I know that we're not as connected to the movies as ever, but it did make me chuckle. I'm like, look, I, I'll believe that like they think you're a threat, but they also don't think the Avengers might be a threat. <laughs> like, the Avengers might not be able to take well, care of them. Well, uh, we are at a point now where I don't think the Avengers exist in this world anymore. Mm, yeah, I don't know. It just made me chuckle. I don't really like, care, but it made me chuckle. No, um, I just, I really don't think they did. I mean, obviously early on they they did, but right now, like, well, there, there, there were references as late as the season five uh, finale. They were, um, and that was yeah, after they that, came that back was... from the future. So it's not like you can argue they changed. the No, timeline. no, but it it, it was it was kind of like a, a, a Infinity War reference that was supposed to be, wasn't it? Yes. So I I assume there was some, something happened there, and you know, okay, there's no no more Avengers on this timeline. All right, all right. Um, so so that's that's neat. Um, and we set up this, and the other reason why we're doing this is that we have to put someone in the past who can learn everything they can about Shield's history and everything and everything we've ever done. Um. Because the Chromicons have that knowledge, right? They've basically accessed everything from the past, so they have all the knowledge that they they, they can possibly use to defeat them, um, yeah. and that's why we're in the past. Now, I don't know if we're going to get much actual, you know, shenanigans in the past with like adventures. I I can see it'll be a case of every episode or two episodes we're in a different place yeah. slash time. But the person they're going to have learn all this and sort of live throughout the times uh, is an LMD, and. Makes sense, right? Hey, you got to live a long time. Yeah, they got to live from the the twenties or whatever all the way up to twenty nineteen or or whatever year we're in and Shield's present day. Um, Give or take. You know, so it makes sense to be an LMD, and I, I do wonder, like, I wonder if it's going to be a weird way of them like fixing some continuity with this character and like you know how he could be certain places or whatever. Or, you know, like I'm just I'm wondering, like, I don't know sure sure i can see him um, messing with things it, it makes a point of saying, okay it's gonna have all his memories it's gonna be for all intents and purposes it's kind of him 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we get a Coulson LMD, um, and you know we get we get the tease before you you know the, the way it came up where we see like the the glasses and the the the, the yeah, tie. Yeah, it's, it's not a surprise. They're not really yeah. trying to hide it because as they're talking about, it, they're very clear. You see Sky reacting, and and uh, you know, and they'd be like, "Oh well, we 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 think he'd have wanted this, or you know, whatever." And talking about his memory, and you're like, "Okay, we know where this is going." Yeah, and I like the idea that he may be able to like almost pretend to be the real Coulson whilst Coulson's alive when he gets to that time period and like kind of like go to shield or like off his way through yeah. yeah you know and yeah there's some ideas there um it's neat uh so so yeah we get we get a Coulson of a kind um because I knew I knew Clark Gregg was in season seven because he did it mentioned a couple of times that he was on set so like, I knew he was there to be fair I Thought he might have just been directing again because I know he did at least one or two episodes this season. Uh, that's true. That's true. That, that, that is possible. Um, in fact, on that, um, they literally just finished filming season seven this week. Um, yes. Uh, and we're gonna have to wait a whole goddamn year, I assume. I, I I genuinely wonder actually how how early on in season six the process of making season six that they knew they were getting their seventh final season because. All the Chromicon stuff, all season, feels like it was all there to set up this next season. Uh, no, it does. Uh, well, well, here's the thing. I think they were renewed for seven very early, uh, before they even started working on six. I think they were renewed for seven. They might not have known seven was the final season at that time. That no, if I'm, no, if I'm right in saying, because they started shooting, much like season seven shooting a year in advance, they were shooting season six already. So I'm wondering that if they knew internally they were renewed already. Like, I really am. I'm wondering if, like, they'd already been told behind closed doors, like, we're ruining you again, we're just not announcing it until X time for whatever reason. Yeah. But we knew there was a seventh season quite a while ago, right? Yeah, it was during, it was during the, uh, it was, it was like, yeah, it, it was around the same time at the start of this year where we, we would normally hear about being renewed, but it was weird because there had been no season airing. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was, so it was after they'd been shooting season six for sure. It felt super early because it was long before we got season six. Yeah, no, you you, you must be right. Um, I mean, at the early just at a glance, we knew at, at the very latest we knew. Uh, uh, what November last year we knew. November, okay, so super early, but they were they were shooting. They, they started shooting this season when they would oh, normally summer, start shooting yeah. for for a network season. So they were shooting, you know, last About summer. This time last year. Yeah, yeah, they were shooting early last summer, or something like that. Yeah. So I, I do generally wonder, and obviously the episodes were written already, I do wonder, like, did they kind of know behind closed doors you're getting a seventh season? So I think they did. I don't think they necessarily knew the seventh was the last season that early, but, but I think they knew they were getting a seventh because season. Because so much of the season was... It really does feel like a two sort of two-parter almost between the two seasons in the sense that so much of this was setting up this stuff with yeah. the Chronicons. Given that it's only 13 episodes, I would not be surprised if they were told, look, we're going to give you kind of one season, but we're going to split it into two you know one one season give or take worth of episodes but we're going to split it into two we're going to you know narrow it that way yeah so um, no i really like this end i love that we're getting to the past it's it's a different thing from going to the future so we get to mess around with some some new ideas um and i like the idea of the chromicons having all this knowledge from like all of history to like try and use against us yeah they had things like fury's black box and yeah. stuff like that so them having to try and like almost plant someone in the past who can assemble like assemble this knowledge over time <laughs> and keep it all get get it manually kind yeah. of um is a really neat idea so i'm really curious to see uh, uh yeah no this uh what we do uh, with this such a great premise to, to go into the final season shakes things up 
Yeah, and, uh, no. it should be fun. It was it was real neat, and you know, I if I, one of the other things I wanted to just point out a little moment is uh, when Izel's doing her ceremony and all the monoliths turn to like liquid again. Um, yeah, I was like, because I was thinking about that before that happened. I was like, oh, I remember the first one we ever got. It, it kept turning to liquid in the box. You know, it kept doing that. Because remember, yeah, it, it, it sucked was, it was doing its shapes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought that looked pretty good actually. Um, for the most part, the effects in this look good. Yeah, I think the the liquid was one of the weakest effects the season has had, but it still acceptable. The the only thing that uh, made me kind of second guess it was um when they blew up the temple, the explosion just looked a little bit, you know, yeah, CG. But um, I thought uh, you know, Sarge's true form looked great. Um, all the stuff with the ships think... and the Zephyrs all look good as usual. No, I agree. And and given how far the show has come in terms of its CG, I mean, you know, I I go back to thinking of uh them uh, Coulson in the the car. I think it was Coulson in the car. Yeah, you know, falling out of the out of the the, the Quinjet. Oh yeah, sure. And how terrible that looked. And now this is the level we're at. The uh the improvement is astonishing. Yeah. Um. Another moment I wanted to mention um, is when Deeks offers to st- stay behind and like you know, take out the zombies while they are dealing with Azel and that, uh, and you know Sky's actually kind of concerned for him and says, "Oh, like are you sure he's you're up to this?" And Max says, "Oh, don't worry, he's been practicing. Practicing, you should see him in his video game." And Deeks just gives and him this glance, like, "What? Don't, like, don't you dare? Don't, yeah. don't, don't you dare and, go down that path?" And, and she looks a little bit confused because she's like, "I mean, it's a game; doesn't really prepare you, right?" Uh, but the you know it's 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 Deke's love that kills it. Yeah, no, really good. Uh, I'm glad Deke's going to be around. I'm glad May's alive. I'm glad everyone's alive. I like them all too much. Um, yeah. So, uh, and May's reaction as well to uh, uh, Coulson next season, LND Coulson will be a big deal. Uh, it's going to be something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, she's going to be all Tasha Yar on that data bot. If you get my drift. <laughs> uh, eventually, I think at first she's going to be one of those who's kind of really against it and be like, no, "This betrays his memory. Or, this isn't really him." Oh, cool. Yeah. So, um, is us? Are we, are we done with the, the finale? I think so. All right. Well, in that case, I guess um, you can let us know what you thought of the episode and the, the season as a whole in the the comments below. Uh, you can like and subscribe, all that stuff. You can get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Uh, if you want to support the show and the channel and everything we do here, you can do that, of course, by uh, rating the podcast on your podcast app of, of choice. But you can do it financially a bit over at patreon.com slash mailfuzztv where you can support us for as little as $1 per month and you get some bonuses and exclusives and all stuff. Obviously, Tim Neal sponsors this show. That's uh, something you can do at the $10 tier. Um, and sometimes you you help keep kind of some reviews going that otherwise might not because the uh, you know they're not as... The, the viewership or uh, listenership for them is not as high and is worth but you know if, if they get sponsored it's kind of like propping them up a little bit um so you could do that and just check out everything else on offer on patreon but otherwise uh that is us um check out our other tv reviews that maybe most relevant right now is the boys which we're reviewing from amazon prime uh we're about halfway through that first season and it's actually surprisingly quite good so okay. uh, check out reviews of that uh, otherwise though that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching tv guys have you got any vanilla